The Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinorst, Mark Vale, glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Well, Bud, we're wrapping up the year. It's uh, We've got six months now under our belt with Lincoln Business Beat. It's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been interesting. And really appreciated the feedback yeah i i'm i'm proud of what we've been able to do and the podcast we've been able to put together um i appreciate your vision for this um it, it's great to share this information and you know last week we had our leba luncheon and last week when we had the leba luncheon i had a, a husband and wife come up to me and said we so appreciate your podcast we listen to it every week and we just love listening to it. We learn so much. And, and that's that's why we're doing this, right? To try to help communicate to people and share information. So I I love the positive feedback. Don't we all love positive <laughs> feedback, right? Yes, and there's, it's uh, in short supply in many instances. Yes. So. Amen. But this, this is a, a chance that we can go a little deeper in some subjects and some of the background on it. You can't do that in a newscast. It's hard to do it in a, a newsletter. So it's it's the communication you know, I was, I've was i often been told uh, by people smarter than I am, but I, I like this analogy, the, the best communication, the cheapest is word of mouth. Uh, but a podcast or a broadcast is word of mouth on steroids. <laughs> and so I, that's kind of the way I like to think of that because we can go back and forth here and, and um, Q&A and take topics and we have guests in here. So it really is uh, a new approach to communicating that you can do while you're driving home or driving to Omaha or, you know, just sit down and have a cup of coffee and listen to uh, Lincoln Business Beat. Husband and wife can just sit around the kitchen table and listen to it while they're uh, doing their morning coffee or something. So it, it's been really good, and I, I do appreciate what how we've developed this because I think it's it's good information, and that's that's really our goal is, you know, originally we never put a time frame on it. We just said... We're going to go out there. We're going to provide information every week. My fear was, are we going to have content? Um, which I'm sure you struggle with that every day of the week. So uh, a couple of times an hour, usually <laughs> real world problems, right? Yeah. But but I, but I feel like we've been able to really follow some relevant topics over the last six months and 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 provide good information. And that's that's really what our goal is. Well, let's look ahead to the next six months because the legislature gets underway in the new year. This is the long session, the 90-day session, which is the biennial budget. But there's a lot more that the legislature is going to be taking up. Uh, they uh, go into session, I believe they're sworn in on the 5th of January. I think it's the 4th. That Wednesday, the 4th, I okay. believe. It's, is the, it's one of those days. One of those days, uh, yeah. Anyway, it'll be early in January. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, well, and that's always, I always enjoy that first day of the, the legislature because each legislature is a two-year legislature. And I enjoy the first day of it because we've got people getting sworn in. Um, we've got a bunch of new state senators. We've got a new governor, a new lieutenant governor, uh, a new attorney general, a new state auditor. Uh, lucky for them, they have the secretary of state and the state treasurer coming back. Um, but then, you know, they dive right in. Like, they get that done, and then they're diving into the business of the legislature right there on day one. Well, and they're going to have a new uh, speaker this year 
Correct. Um, you know, Speaker Hilgers has been there the last couple of years, and now he's going to be moving up the hall or down the hall, I guess, to the attorney general's office. So well, there's some procedural things that uh, they, they will go through. They'll adopt some temporary rules. Uh, they'll be voting on committee chairs, other things uh, as, before they really get into action. But this process is unique in the in the nation because it is the only uh, unicameral, I believe, in the country. We are special, aren't we? We are. <laughs> and, you know, the, the first day is always, it, to me, it's been fascinating to watch just because, you know, they adopt the temporary rules. And, and I know that there's been a lot of conversation here over the last several months about um, the committee chair votes, because generally those have been a secret ballot. And there are people on both sides of that topic, whether it's right or wrong. And so I think. They're going to have a debate on whether or not they, as part of their temporary rules, they require you to reveal who you voted for, which will be kind of interesting to watch. So we'll get a nice little debate right out of the chute, and it'll just set the tone for a 90-day session full of debate. And give us some more to talk about, some more relevant content. Uh, We did get an appointment this past week. Uh, Senator Hilgers, of course, moving on to the Attorney General. That leaves Legislative District 21 with uh, an appointee. Uh, that was announced this past week uh, or a week or so ago. Um, it was an effort by Governor Ricketts, who will make the appointment, but uh, Governor-elect uh, Pillen actually did the interviews and gave his uh, preference to the governor, and he agreed to appoint Bo Ballard, a small business owner, a lifelong resident of the district. So he'll be taking that position. So... Uh, but he's been around the legislature for several years working with Senator Hilger, so he's not as new a member to the Senate as a newly elected senator would be. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think, and, you know, one of the great things about Bo is, you know, he's got the small business background. He's lived his entire life in the district. He bought a house in the district, um, owns a business in the district. And, you know, he's been in the legislature with... uh now I guess we'll call him Attorney General Hilgers, um, for six years. And he's worked in that office. And so, you know, not only has he lived in the district, he grew up in the district, but he's been working for the district for six years. And I think that gives him a real leg up going into the legislature, being able to step right in. He understands process. He knows what's happening and all of those types of things. So I think it's it's great um, I think Bo will do a great job. I really enjoy him. He's 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 just from a great family. The their ties to Lincoln and Lancaster County, the small business community, and and really you know just actively engaged in in our legislature and in our process. I just I, I'm excited for him. He's a talented talented young man. Well, his parents own a couple of independent businesses here in the county, one in the city, one in the county. Um, and Jim Ballard was a guest here on Lincoln Business Beat a few weeks ago. Yeah, we had Jim talk, uh, came in and joined us a few weeks. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to bring Bo in next. And then after we bring in Bo, we should probably bring in Barb and we'll just cover the whole Ballard family in here. Maybe a Ballard family podcast. Well, I think what it it says, though, is that they are committed to the independent business community and have been successful at it. So you've got to take what they have to say about things uh, pretty seriously. Yeah. And they I mean, they 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 hit the struggles of covid. They've had the ups and downs. 
you know, making wine requires, you know, growing grapes and that, you know, droughts and floods and bad weather and all those kind of things. So they experienced so much and, and they really saw having their gift shop downtown. They really saw during COVID the effects of, of what happened with shutdowns and, you know, but they also experienced game day too. And so they just, they're a really, really cool family. Um, good friends personally. Um, I love shopping at their stores and um, just getting to know them. So I'm, I'm excited for the Ballard family and they're great supporters of Lincoln Business Beat too, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, Governor Lick Pillen was uh, at the Liba luncheon in uh, December and he talked about uh, a fundamental uh, review of uh, property tax uh, legislation and, and processes, uh, education fund- funding at the state level. So these are all things that, that he's going to be actively involved with, it sounds like, during the legislative session. But he also is a small business owner. So how how does that mesh with LIBA's priorities and the LIBA membership priorities that you want to see the legislature uh, at least bring to the forefront? Well, one of the things that I thought was cool that uh, Governor like Pillen talked about was infrastructure. Um, and if you recall, there's a lot of infrastructure in our legislative priorities. We, you know, the East Beltway is a huge one for us. That's one that we've really uh, dialed in on. We want to have that conversation. We finally got the South Beltway open uh, during December, and now we're we're going to have that conversation because it's going to take time to get there. Um, you know, he talked about infrastructure. We've we've referred to County Engineer Dingman on roads and bridges, and we've heard a lot here in Lincoln about our streets. And, you know, and, and I think one of the things when we talk about infrastructure, a lot of times we just think streets and roads and bridges, but also there's a lot of talk about broadband. And and that's an infrastructure project, really, in my mind. So other people may disagree, but since we're talking infrastructure, you know, the the county has allocated some of their mon- money from the COVID relief funds, the ARPA funds, to expand broadband out in our county. And that's a big infrastructure investment for our county. So there's going to be a lot of talk about that happening around the state. So I think we'll see infrastructure um, as a big topic during not just this upcoming session, but I think the Pillen administration, he really touched on the importance of infrastructure, you know, and you get out uh, around the state and ag farm to market, right? We got to get our goods to market. Um, we're a huge exporter. So the better our infrastructure is to, to make that happen, it, it's a big deal for us. So. And education is so uh, important and broadband is so important to education across the state. And of course, uh, Governor-elect Pillen, having served on the University of Nebraska's Board of Regents for a number of years, understands that education level, at least at that higher level, and he brings a a unique um, history with it, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that he's been around the Board of Regents, the university budget, all of those types of things, but also the university's dealing with secondary education and, you know, what are the requirements to get in and how is the curriculum expanding and all those kind of things. So, I think he does bring a very unique perspective. I was really happy um, to hear, you know, you've seen it in the news a lot recently. And and I'll call it a, he's convened a consortium, so to speak, of of folks to talk about how we fund public schools. And he really wants to get into that conversation because, as we all know, two-thirds of our property tax bills goes to the school. And so to start to bring people to the table and 
bringing people on all sides of that debate together, really. I mean, he's got ag groups, he's got business groups, he's got the schools, he's got the administrators, he's got all of those groups coming together um, to talk about TIOSA. Um, for those of you, when you start hearing about TIOSA, you'll know that that's the school funding formula. Um, so I, I commend him for opening up that dialogue, and, and really, he opened it up right away. After he got elected, he started putting that group together pretty quickly um, to start those conversations. In fact, I think he had a meeting about that after the Leba lunch there in December, um, after he was leaving the Leba lunch. So I, I think that'll be a big one. That's one that obviously we talk about with our priorities. We talk about taxes. We talk about education. So that'll be one that we're really watching and monitoring closely. And he's brought together and, and mentioned the fact that education is so related to workforce uh, development, workforce retention in the state and the opportunities that the type of education that's available, such as the Career Academy and, and other such things, uh, I think he said two or three times we need diesel mechanics, we need welders. And, and so he was very attuned to the educational uh the intersection of education and workforce retention and keeping good qualified people as residents of Nebraska. Yeah. Well, and I think that really was a message that hit home with our members at the luncheon last month when he mentioned that, but I appreciate him talking about that because one of the things that we've talked about with the career Academy, we've talked about junior achievement and how we as business owners can get involved in how we, how we help develop those young people. And I'm glad that here that the governor is really focused on that. And and I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I'll give you a Bud's words and interpretations was we need to meet the students with where they are and we need to show them what these opportunities are for them. It's not all four-year schools. And having his experience on the Board of Regents, I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear that general philosophy about education from him. So I'm I'm excited about it. And he talked to, about that education uh, and funding of those uh, that higher education. How to get a little more involvement uh, in in paying people when they're in high school. Uh, you know, a competitive wage. Don't count on a unpaid internship. You know, we, if we're going to keep people uh, actively employed in this state, got to take care of them. Now, I will give full disclosure, Governor Pillen and I did not have that conversation beforehand, but he touched a lot of things that we've talked about here on the Lincoln Business Beat of, you know, we've got to start thinking differently. We've got to start getting those young people in high school into internships. And, you know, we've done a couple of career fairs out at the Career Academy. So I was really happy to hear him touch on that. And, and I think it reaffirmed the message, a message that we've really tried to articulate here on the Lincoln Business Beat and as an organization, frankly. Well, and I think, to be quite honest, I think the uh, Lincoln Public School System, uh, the district, and how they've interacted with the Career Academy, uh, some of the uh, focused programs now at the high schools, the new business program focus at Standing Bear High School uh, coming up this fall, uh, or the fall of 2023 when Standing Bear opens, the healthcare out at uh, Nor uh, Northwest, the aviation out at Duncan. I, I mean, these are just examples, and these don't exist in the entire uh, across the rest of the state at the level that it does right here. So we may not quite understand what a good portion of the state does not have the educational opportunities that we do have here. Well, I think it gives Lincoln a really good opportunity to shine and talk to Governor Pillen and his administration about programs that are working and you know frankly what can we do to continue to improve it so um 
I, I appreciate that we're going to show these young people those opportunities that are of, ahead of them. You know, some people some people want to work on cars and some people want to work on houses and some people want to be nurses and uh, work in the health field. All those opportunities that we can introduce those young people to um, is just it's great for them and it's great for the future of our state. Another thing that uh, he mentioned as far as independent businesses and LIBA members that I would be good to uh, pay attention to, especially if it comes up, and that was some of the uh, unnecessary or the burdensome regulations that we are, have had in the past. So is that a priority that LIBA continues to focus on? Absolutely. We always want government to get the heck out of the way of our business and reduce those regulations. And uh, I mean, I think Governor-elect Pillen and, and Leba are very aligned in those issues. And, you know, when we look at government transparency, public safety, infrastructure, um, the, the Beltway, um, you know, reducing those regulations, education, like those all tie into our priorities. So I think in a Pillen administration, uh, Leba is going to have a good opportunity to really um, come to the table and help talk about the policies that are good for, for our communities and for our small independent businesses. And I felt over overall after uh, he was our guest here on Lincoln Business Beat after the luncheon, but also hearing him at luncheon, um, in one of Leba's 2023 legislative priorities, probably best described as governing with a growth mindset. Uh, everything that he talked about was, was winning together, uh, growing together, and making this thing work. Well, and, you know, when... When when Lincoln thrives, Omaha thrives, and when Omaha and Lincoln thrives, Kearney thrives, and when Kearney thrives, we all thrive. And so I really appreciate that, you know, rowing in the same direction metaphor um, that comes with that. And, you know, that's something we've talked about here on the Lincoln Business Beat is growth mindset. We want our government entities to thinking about how can we grow, how can we make it better for business, and, you know, provide opportunity for our people and get good people here to fill the jobs that we have open. One of the things that uh, we've seen happen in this past year, and we've talked a lot about it, is inflation. And it's really hit uh, in the, the food area. And on our deep dive, uh, in just a moment, we're going to get into higher food prices. And I've got some personal uh, thoughts on that, but it'll be interesting to have that discussion. And we've not discussed this in advance. so Well, I've got some thoughts, and I've also got some per, uh, personal experience, because I am the uh, dedicated grocery shopper in our home. So right. every Saturday or Sunday, I'm at the grocery store. So if anybody can talk about grocery store prices, I think I'm pretty good authority on that issue. Right. So I look forward to it, Mark. We'll do the deep dive next. Do you need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, other big-ticket items as well. And whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get financing. It's secure, free to use, and gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com, fill out an application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC. Doing business is currency. Pursuant to CFL License 60-DBO-54873. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. an article in the Nebraska Examiner uh, is, is titled, Here's Why Food Prices Remain Stubbornly High Even As Inflation Cools. I, I'm not going to argue with uh, them at all on their uh, program or on their article, but I'm not seeing inflation cooling to the level that I, I think a lot of people <laughs> would like to see. Amen. Uh, I mean, it's, I, I think what Maybe is is their their definition of cool might just be that it's leveled off and and it's not rising quite like it was there for several okay. months. All right, but yeah, I'll give you that one. I can tell you that I can tell you what my wallet's seeing it everywhere I go. So, well, as specifically on food prices, we've seen segments of the food industry really spike. I mean, they're looking at seven eight percent on average in consumer inflation, but some prices uh, just went through the roof. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I look at, so as I mentioned before we headed into break, um, I'm the dedicated grocery shopper at the Seinhorst family, and I, I've watched the prices in the last two years just go nuts in some cases. I mean, in, in some cases, things are doubling, tripling in price. Uh, you know, things are up 20, 30% in price, and it's it's not... What I found, and I don't know how much you grocery shop, Mark, but what I found is it doesn't. It's not one. It's not frozen goods. It's not dairy. It's not meat. It you know. It's not just in one segment. It's from one end of the store to the other. A couple of things. Well, eggs were the the big one. I mean, they're up nearly fifty percent. You can. And what I don't want to do, having a background in ag broadcast. I don't want to make this seem as though the farmers and the ag producers are the people causing this. There's a lot of factors involved. When it comes to poultry, and and I'm going across uh, chickens, turkey, any type of poultry, we had a huge uh, culling of of flocks this last year with avian influenza. But the industry also affected by supply chain issues, increased costs of fuel. We've talked about how those types of things just make things more expensive. So it's it's a domino effect. It's an exponential effect on some of these. But we see it because we're either at a gas station or a grocery store the most often. Yeah, I mean, those those are the, the day-to-day things that we see. But, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, Mark, because, you know, it's it's the increase in gas prices. It's, you know, the supply chain issues. It's the, the issue with the poultry world all over time. I mean, there was a point where we didn't think we were going to have turkey for Thanksgiving, you know, because the stores were just, they were, they're not getting turkeys in. Um, and so there's a lot of those different things from, you know, what happens in the ag industry, but it's not just, you know, we, I think we've mentioned this several months ago, but it's not greedy farmers trying to make more money. It's just, it's the cost of getting it from the farm to the table, basically. Yeah. And a lot of uh, the products we now get in the grocery store are, you know, Heavily produced, highly produced. Uh, you know, you can buy a ready-to-make uh, ready uh, meal, and it's going to cost you more because you paid for all that processing 
that's gone in. You, you know, potatoes, a five-pound bag of tomato, uh, potatoes, you can make your own mashed potatoes. But for the price of a five-pound uh, bag of potatoes, you can buy three servings already mashed in the cooler. So... I like my mashed potatoes too much because I have a special way I make them. Sorry, no way that's happening in my house. But, yeah, I mean, so um, there's just a lot of things. I mean, one of the things that I've seen more of, interestingly, at the grocery store is a lot more in the cooler with, oh, you can buy a pineapple that's already cut up and the skin's off of it and things like that. And I go, oh, well, that's really cool. And I look at the price, and I'm like, I can cut that damn pineapple myself, <laughs> you know. And so there's a lot of those things, you know, veggies and that kind of thing. And and I think we'll see people start to think that way, you know. Instead of just picking up the, the meat and cheese tray, they might just buy, you know, uh, a summer sausage and some different cheeses and slice it up ourselves. Might not look as pretty, but you know what? <laughs> it looks prettier in the checkbook. The consumer price index in November was up one tenth of a percent uh, from the prior month, but it's still up over seven percent year to year. These are the type of inflation numbers that we're seeing in the media, but you know that doesn't mean a lot when you go to the grocery store. Uh, what you're seeing is the, the big increases in some of those core, you know, I, I call them core products. You know, the the eggs, the bread, the milk, the fruits, uh, the veggies, the kind yeah. of the four basic food groups, right? It just and, and meat has had a, a, a huge uh, spike in some some segments of it. Again, mm-hmm. that's been supply chain. Uh, and COVID hit the uh, meatpacking industry very, very bad and still, re- in some instances, recovering from that. So uh, a lot of it. But there's also some policies done at the national level that have exacerbated this. Yeah. And, you know, we talked uh, about our legislative priorities and getting the government the heck out of the way and the regulatory issues. And so there's... There's all these issues that come together, and I hate to say this because we've had so much interesting weather recently in Nebraska, but it's like this perfect storm. We had COVID. We had the supply chain issues. We've got all these inflation going on in in fuel and supply chain and getting everything here, and now these government policies, it's really making it harder and harder on the consumer. And so Hopefully, uh, when the new Congress that's coming up this in 2023, hopefully we can maybe find some things that happen and, and try to dial this back a little bit because, you know, the everyday American is really struggling with, with these inflation numbers. Consumers around the world are struggling. Let's not forget Ukraine yeah. and uh, Ukraine, uh, the war with, uh, that Russia has inflicted on uh, Ukraine, disrupted uh, one of the largest wheat exporters in the, the the world, and a lot of that went to Africa, other areas in Europe, and in Asia. But that uh, you know, it's a world market out there, and you can't discount the disruption that has been inflicted on the world food market by the Soviet Union and their invasion in Ukraine. It's just another one of those items in the perfect storm. Yeah, it's another one of those contributing factors, and you know, I, I wouldn't say it's any one factor. It's just thing after thing after thing after thing it's kind of like you know when your car starts to die it's first it's this and then it's this and then it's this and then it's this and finally you just kind of oh my gosh um but i think we're seeing that in the in the groceries the food market all of those types of things i think it's we may have peaked earlier this summer in the inflationary areas uh we're seeing a little bit of uh, softening of that but with the continued uh interest rate increases from the Fed trying to fight this inflation, there's no guarantee that this is going to come down quickly. No. 
And I, you know, I've got friends that work in the trucking industry, and they're starting to see a little bit of um, reduction in that industry. And that, to me, is an industry that I like to watch as an indicator. Um, and so they're starting to see things start to kind of dial back there as well. So I think 2023, we're just going to have to be really careful. I was fascinated in that article that you referenced, Mark. Um, it said that in August, the cost of food went up 11.4% over last year, which is a level not seen since May of 1979. Now, think about that. That's what, 43 years ago. So we're seeing, you know, historical inflation in these grocery prices and these food prices. And it's causing families just to have to make tough decisions. Well, you may recall that back in the late 70s, which was my time, it was before your time. I was a young kid. We, uh, we were having uh, fuel issues back then even, which, you know, really drives just about everything at a core level. Yeah. Well, I remember um, in the late 70s, I do vividly remember, or vaguely remember, I should say, um, people lining up at gas stations to get gas because of fuel shortages. And there would be blocks of lines of people in line to get gas. Miles. Miles, yeah. I mean, we were in a small town, so it wasn't okay. too many miles. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, and you saw that on the news every night. You know, it was like, you know, this fuel shortage and, and people lined up and, and, you know, the gas station would run out and some people wouldn't leave. Yep. I'm going to stay till you get more gas because I'm not going to lose my place. Well, in fuel line. drives so much, and I mean it's it's a core ingredient to get the whole process done. You got to have fuel to run the farming uh, equipment, to plant and harvest the crop. You got to have fuel to move that uh, crop to market, to processing, and eventually to the to, consumer. To the too. consumer. Yeah, just... So uh, it's it's such an important and integral part of the process. One thing I did want to mention though is that when we think of uh, this issue with with food prices um, separate if you will at least um, mentally your grocery store bill from your food bill and i hearken back to it would have been the early 80s i was doing radio and television in minnesota i was farm director did a noon tv show and it, it was you know rochester was about 50 60,000 people so mine was uh, it, i wasn't famous by any you know, you on television in a small market, and you're—they know who you are, generally speaking. I was in the grocery store one night. It was uh, like a fall night, cold, rainy, probably 35 degrees. And there was a lady checking out ahead of me. I would pick, was picking some stuff up on the way home, and she saw me. She knew I did the noon TV show, knew I did ag, and she just turned to me and just offhandedly said, "You know, the price of food has just gone through the roof." And, and you you people in agriculture should be better than this. Us consumers are hurting. Well, having uh, that type of interaction after a long day, I was, you know, kind of a smart aleck. And the gal that was checking us out at the grocery store just kind of looked at me. I don't think she realized what I did, but it was an, an exchange between two shoppers. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going for broke. And I said, well, ma'am, I don't know about you, uh, what you consider to be your food bill, but I'm, you know, noticing your shopping cart, you've got the large uh, laundry detergent uh, that is on your grocery store bill. Uh, back then, uh, there you could buy the, uh, uh, oh, it was in the plastic egg, the hose, the pantyhose. Oh, yeah. And she had like six of those. I said, unless you're using that for some type of uh, uh, sieve for uh, straining things. Oh, and... Um, 
also that uh, she had some light bulbs. I said, is that part of, of uh, what you uh, put in recipes? And she looked at me and I said, don't confuse your grocery store bill with your food bill because your grocery store is supplies you with so many things other than food. So just do that. She looked at me and she was just disdainful as all get out. She says, well, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> I told her. <laughs> yeah. well, and, and, and she wasn't impressed by that either. <clears throat> but as she was leaving, the cashier was having a, a good time with this. As she was leaving, she was not very happy with me. And she, I should have kept quiet, but I didn't. <laughs> and, and she got a little ways away. I said, ma'am, you left something. And she <laughs> said, what? She turned around. And I said, you left a very bad impression. <laughs> that's very true. True well, story. And, and that's a good point, though, um, differentiating those. But um, generally at the grocery store, it's all food for me. Right. You, you know, right. but uh, but it's a good it's a good thing for people to think about when they're looking at their grocery bill and say, OK, am I buying my light bulbs and, dog you know, food. dog food and, you know, uh, other things? You know, there's so many things you can buy in a grocery store, rock salt, you know, for Toothpaste, cold days. Deodorant, yeah. All that stuff. So spray. But it's, it is a good dis- differentiation to make. And it's but it's important. The food the food costs are a big part of that. For yes, sure. And it's so important to have good, good quality food and readily available. Yes. Well, we've come to the end of six months. What a six months it's been, huh? Yeah. Lincoln Business Beat started July 1st, the 1st of July. Um, give us a 30,000 foot view of what you think. Well, I'm, I really appreciate it. We've talked about this before. The feedback from the listeners is always positive you know, I'm proud that we've been able to reach more than a thousand people in our unique users, um, and and we've got a people are listening to the full podcast too. Our, our statistics are very good there, so I'm excited because that tells me that people feel like this is relevant content, as as Mark likes to refer to it. Um, but it's a good opportunity, and I think you know moving forward, we're going to have a lot ahead of us in the uh, in the spring with the legislative session. We've mentioned that before. Um, and we'll really have a good opportunity to talk about what's going on in the legislature. We'll have a new person at city council. Um, there's city council races and a mayor's race next year. So I think there's some good things to talk about, about things going on in the business community, what we can do, and, and the information that we can share. I hope our listeners will continue to share the podcast. I hope they'll continue to give us ideas and thoughts. Um, you know, if you have something you like or if you have something you don't like, please Please let us know because this is this is really for us to try to give out information and try to provide information so that people can find it in a useful manner. Easiest way to get hold of Bud? Uh, you can call the office at 466-3419, bud at liba, L-I-B-A dot O-R-G. Or you can go to our website, L-I-B-A dot O-R-G, and let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. Or check us out on Facebook. It's on the Facebook page every week. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Mark. Thanks for everything. I've really enjoyed uh, our six months of Lincoln Business Beat. I'm proud of you for making it through six months of putting up with me. Um, and I look forward to many, many more of these coming forward. Well, it's probably a good thing we're, we don't do a video podcast because every now and then the uh, the light, uh, the, the wonder that is on Bud's face when we do a deep dive or statistics or things like that, he just lights up like a candle. Uh, the the state of Nebraska and the legislature is going to be talking about their budget, Mark, and this that's their big project in the the next legislative session. So we might have to do some budgets again, <laughs> and and some deep, 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 deep dives. Oh Lord, those will be really deep. 
Well, Happy New Year, everyone. This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Mm-hmm.